We've been entrusted to carry the Spirit of God, and that is true, but He carries us. It is time for you to receive the all things being possible and reject the that you are barren and you are incapable of producing something that God has already spoken that you will. And this favor that has been put upon you is actually giving access to your birthing. You're going to birth the promise. Glory to God. We are chosen to carry the king. Say, I am chosen to carry the king. Mary was chosen to carry the king. We are chosen to carry the king. We are God's chosen ones. So Psalm 119 and verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste. You know, you can taste God's word and they're sweet. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So the words of God, they're sweet. We read his word, and as you read his word, you literally are, are, are taking in the life of Christ. You're taking in the words of God. You're taking in God's living word. Yes, Father, we know it's more costly than gold. His words, yes, Lord God, to be desired above all else. So she was chosen, Mary that is, she was overshadowed by the power of God. The angel Gabriel visited this young virgin girl and a heavenly message that would forever change her life was given unto her. Amen. Turn your Bibles. We're going to be in Luke today. Luke 1 and in 35. It says, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, it says, that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. This young girl, beautiful, pure, humble virgin, was literally overshadowed. Overshadowed means he spread his wings, he spread his shadow over her. We know that in Psalm 91, we are told to stay under the shadow of the Almighty God. Literally, there's a shadow of the Lord that she stayed under, and the Lord made sure that she was over, overshadowed by the power of God. It's not the power of the devil. It's the power of God that she was overshadowed with. And she received this heavenly message so that she could go on and literally follow the will of God in her life and ultimately in all of our lives. Because she said yes. So Mary found favor with God. You have found favor with God. She found favor with God who was chosen. She was chosen to bear the Son of God. She was chosen to give birth to the Savior of the world. Look with me to verse 30 and 31. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. She says, Mary, you have found favor with God. Now I'm going to back up because I want to read this whole portion of scripture. I want to start with verse 26. Okay. So now it says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city, Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Rejoice. There we see the favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord coming upon her. The angel saying, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. 
And then it goes on. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting is this. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. See, this favor leads to birthing. You've also found favor with God. And favor leads to birthing. She was about, she was going to birth, literally the savior of the world. But favor leads to birthing in all ways. And I saw not just in giving birth, but birthing, birthing of ideas, birthing of ministries, birthing of dreams. Favor leads to birthing. Can you see that with me? Favor leads to birthing. And so it says, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. So we call his name Jesus. We exalt his name. We glorify his name. But she received this heavenly vision, church. She's receiving this, this literal encounter, this humble servant girl receiving this encounter. And what was her response? But perfect trust, complete submission. There was a little fear there, but she said, Nevertheless, we're going to get to it in a moment. She submitted herself to whom she knew was faithful and true. And we must submit ourselves to whom we know is faithful and true. And who is faithful and true? But the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the faithful one. He is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life, right? He is the truth. He is truth. Verse 32. This is, this is the prophecy that this angel was telling her. He will be great. She's looking at an angel. The angel Gabriel, not just any angel. And this angel, not only does he say, you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. He says, you're going to bring forth a son. You're going to call his name Jesus. Complete details. Look at this. He will be great and he will be called son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. There is no end. There is no end to God. There, you know, there's no beginning. There's no end. He always was. So there is no end. So, he's, so this angel, angel Gabriel, is telling this beautiful, young, uh, humble, you know, innocent girl, the what is being deposited on the inside of you will, will be endless. It's favor that you carry. And this favor that has been put upon you is actually giving access to your birthing. You're going to birth the promise. And we have favor too. And if you can receive the favor of God upon your life, you too will birth the promise. She birthed the promise, the promised one. But you too are going to birth the promise because you have favor. You walk in favor. Glory to God. See, the enemy doesn't want you to know that you walk in favor so that you what? You forfeit. You forfeit. There, there's stillbirths. There, there, there's no births at all. There's death, right? You, you don't walk in the fullness, but you, you know you're favored by God. You know that you are the apple of his eye. You know, you know that you know. And that's not just a scripture for Israel. Some people think that scripture only applies to Israel. That's not true. We are the apple of his eye. 
We have been grafted into the vine. You are now grafted in. God doesn't have his first choice and his second choice. That would be like, you know, there's the, the best and then there's the second best. I'm sorry, the last time I read my Bible, he says that you are the apple of my eye. He says, I died for your life. All of you, there's not partial Christianity as there's no junior Holy Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are the apple of his eye. You see, He sees you and he sees the beauty that God has created in you and he sees the sacrifice that Jesus went through to purchase you. You've been grafted into the vine. So you're not a second-class uh, Christian, right? You're not a second-class Christian. Erase that if that is in your mind. So his kingdom, of his kingdom there will be no end. There is no end in the kingdom of God. That was the end of verse 33. There is no end in the kingdom of God. That was the message that the angel came and told Mary. But how about you? You have to be able to apply these things to yourself. Because the Bible is speaking all the time, but are we listening? So there is no end of the kingdom. God wants to continually pour out the blessing, the provision, the revelation, so that there is no end. It's always life in Christ. Where is the life? The life is in Christ. And there's no end. So therefore, God is always showing you that next step. He's always, and he wants to at least, he wants to show you that next step. He wants to show you what you didn't know before. He wants to reveal to you the hidden things, the secret things. They belong to you, children of God. They belong to you. Those that have called themselves Christians, they belong to you. They belong to us. So there is no, there's no veil because that's been removed. Jesus removed it. Look at verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? And it was an innocent ask. How can this be? I do not know a man. You can see the humility. You can see the gentleness. You can see the, just the sincerity. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You know, we can stop right there. Do you know what you could do? The level, the extent of your calling, if you just had confidence in the fact that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Not the Holy Spirit is in you. We know the Holy Spirit is in us. But the Holy Spirit will come upon you to do the assignment that has been given unto you to do, to carry it out. You do not walk alone. You walk knowing that the Holy Spirit will empower you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that means he empowers you. He empowers you to do a task that you could otherwise not do on your own. Do you want to see the miracles? Do you want to see the faith in you rise up, increase? Then realize the Holy Spirit will come upon me. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And if you have faith, and I just mean mustard seed faith, if you have even a little tiny bit of faith to say, Lord, come upon me. Day by day, moment by moment, don't wait for the big things in life. Well, when I have to be, when I have to go speak sometime, you know, and that's the, the number one fear of people is public speaking, most people, right? Don't wait for those bigger times, oh my goodness, when it's like, no, how about every single day? The Holy Spirit comes upon you. Ask him, Holy Spirit come upon me. She says, how could this be? I don't even know a man. How could, this is impossible. Well, it is impossible in the natural, but nothing is impossible for those who believe God, right? So, 
What did the angel say? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is the angel Gabriel who goes to the throne of God that literally gets instruction from the throne of God. He's coming down and he is saying, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Not what you need to do. Well, see, you need to do this. You need to do that. Then you need to. No, none of that. Just be open and be humble and be submissive and ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be able to do everything that you never even dreamed or imagined. The things you thought were for somebody else, all of a sudden you say, who is that person? Who is that person? Well, it's the person of the Holy Spirit moving through you. That's who is that person. Right? So I love this portion of scripture because this woman, you know, uh, Mary, this young girl, uh, so, so unassuming, so unassuming. So it says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. We're in the middle of verse 35. Are you all following? Middle of verse 35. Because it's in the middle of a sentence, sometimes we skip right on over it because we feel like we got to get to the end to make the point. It's not true. The Lord is talking at every point. And the angel answered. The angel's talking to her. Which means she's talking to the angel. There's nothing new under the sun. And we don't glorify angels. But God does use angels. The Holy Spirit. So it says, and the angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. So right there ends what I was trying to say. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And when that happens, the power of God is also there. The Holy Spirit. You don't need to know. Like you don't have to. You don't need to have a visible sign. It's not like, oh, well, you know, when I feel the presence of God, when I start to feel the heat or when I start to shake or when I fall, you don't have to feel the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you in order for the Spirit of God to move through you. Yes. He does cause those, those feelings, of course, but you don't need to have those in order for you to step out in faith. Is God a man that he should lie? Of course not. If he said it in his word that my Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and then the power of God is going to move through you, then you know you take God at his word. Say, I'm taking God at his word. I'm going to ask God, Holy Spirit, fill me. And when the Holy Spirit fills me, I know the power of God is right there. All I got to do is stay in sync, with, in sync with the Holy Spirit, knowing that as Mary carried the presence of God, so do I. So do you. She's chosen to carry the king. So the Holy Spirit will come upon you, overshadow you, and therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. So this angel keeps reiterating in different ways what's about ready to happen, right? In different ways. You're going to call him Jesus. You know, he is, he's going to be great. He will be great. He's called the Son of the Highest. He's the Lord of all, you know, goes on. He, he's going to be called the Son of God. All these titles, all these descriptions, because she needed to have them. Because the attacks were going to be great. So the Lord was literally making sure she got it. Now indeed, verse 36, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. She was called barren. She was called incapable of producing. That's what barren is. Incapable. Oh, don't you love those horrible, horrific titles? Incapable of producing. She was called barren. But my God says all things are possible for those who believe. 
all things are possible. It is time for you to receive the all things being possible and reject the that you are barren and you are incapable of producing something that God has already spoken that you will. Reject that which is not of God and accept that which is. Don't tolerate. Don't tolerate mixture. Don't tolerate. Be awake. Be alert. Be attentive to the spirit of God. You will not be dulled unless you allow it. You will not be seduced into stillness, which means into like a stupor, unless you allow it. Wake up. Wake up, wake up. This visitation was not just for her. I mean, this is specific, of course, and it's specific to her. But God and his visitations are true for us today. But you will receive what you're ready to receive. See, Mary didn't, she didn't think she was ready, but she was. Her heart was more ready than you realize. God chose her, didn't, didn't he? he? He chose her. She was afraid. But that fear came from a genuine place of, how am I going to do this? Like, I don't, I don't know a man. Right? So genuine beauty, purity. Not, I'm not doing that. Totally different attitude. Totally different spirit. Right? God is always looking at our hearts. Oh, my goodness, the things that he wants you to do. Today, I'm really wanting to focus that as Mary carried the king, you carry the spirit of God. How do you carry the spirit of God? How are you carrying the spirit? Mary carried the spirit of God. She carried the son of God in her womb, right? She literally gave birth to the son of God. She literally carried the king. He was a king. Didn't seem like a king. She carried the king. Why do you look at the things you carry and diminish them just because they don't look like what you were told at one point in time? Did Jesus look like a king? But yet he was a king. She carried the king. You carry something greater than you currently see. You carry something far, far greater than your eyes have the ability to see today. Do you see what I'm saying? I, my prayer is that you open up your spiritual vision and see what you carry. Because as Mary carried the king... In the form of an infant, you carry greatness, although it may seem in an infant state. It's still great. It's still great. And it's going to be developed into that which will be obvious. But Mary pondered, and in a later place, this is Mary pondered all these things that were said and spoken to her. In other words, she kept these things dear in her heart, and she would not let them leave. She wouldn't let someone steal them from her heart. And we have to do the same. So then uh, Mary said, behold, here's her response, her beautiful, beautiful response to the angel. Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Behold, I love that part, behold, the maidservant. Oh, so she's saying, oh, my goodness, my eyes have seen the glory of God. Like if, like, we could, re we could understand somewhat what she was feeling. We could understand just by some of the terminology, behold, you know, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. This is not just for women. This is for men as well. Handmaidens of the Lord. Behold, the beauty of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Let it be done, Lord. Your will be done in my life. Let it be done. I don't need to see it. I don't need to understand it fully, but I do need to agree with it. 
Mary agreed with the truth. Mary didn't first, she had a little bit of fear, but she let that go and she said, let it be done unto me according to your word. Beautiful, powerful, incredible. She carried the Lamb of God in her womb and we carry the resurrection power of God in our spirits. She carried the Lamb of, right? well, she did. She carried the Lamb of God in her womb, literally deposited by the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a crazy, radical story. But the thing is this, it's not just a story. Truth. This is a real life account. Real life account. So she carried the Lamb of God in her, in her womb, and we carry the resurrection power of God in our spirits. There's resurrection power on the inside of you. There literally is resurrection power. She was chosen. You are chosen. Mary was chosen for a specific task, for a specific deed. You are chosen for a specific task, for a specific deed. The Lord was with her, and the Lord is with you. You got to see the parallels, church. We've got to see the parallels. As the Lord was with Mary, the Lord is with you. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. Hallelujah. He is the beginning and he is the end. And we love to glorify him because as we glorify him, what happens? Who we were called to be comes into, into being. It's like we, the fruit of it comes, comes to pass. It becomes evident. It becomes evident. Look at Revelation 22, 13 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Say it with me. This is Revelation 22, 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Let's say it again. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha and the Omega. The big, it's a Greek language. The beginning, first letter, the last letter. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the first. I am the last. He's, his word says, besides me there is no other. That you carry the Alpha and the Omega on the inside of you. You carry the beginning and the end on the inside of you. You carry the one that says, I am he. I am he who has called you, who has chosen you. I am he who picked you up and turned your life around. I am he. I marked you out. Amen. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Wow. So the invitation has been extended. The invitation was extended to Mary, wasn't it? And she took the she accepted it. We have to accept it too. We get to accept it too. Mary accepted this invitation so that she could walk with the Holy One literally on the inside of her, then giving birth to the Holy One. The mother of our Savior. She carried the King of Kings. How unassuming. No one would assume that. They don't, they don't assume either what you carry. And they may not be privy to that information at this point in time and be wise that you don't speak what you're not to speak and that you don't throw your pearls to the swine. There's a time and there's a place and there's order in the kingdom. Right? They knew. Mary and Joseph, they knew. They were both told Via an angel. Dreams, they both had their own separate encounter, right? Oh, my, this is what's happening. It was, it was impossible 
in the natural, they both believed because they believed what seemed so impossible, they, they became recipients, especially Mary, of that which was never heard of before and never heard of again, but lasted forever. It never ends. He never ends. His glory never ends. Now we, too, carry the beautiful gift of our Savior, the Holy One, the resurrection power on the inside of us. What are you doing with what you've been entrusted to carry? We've been entrusted to carry the Spirit of God. And it doesn't stop there. We've been entrusted to carry the Spirit of God, and that is true, but he carries us as well. And this is, I love this because we literally carry the Spirit of God, but how many of you know, my goodness, when we are weak, we're down, whatever, we know he's also carrying us, right? Isaiah 46 and verse 4, listen to this. Uh, beautiful, I'm going to look it up here in the word. This, I love this, this word. Basically, it says, I will sustain you, um, I will carry you, and I will rescue you. But I do want to look it up, and I want to read the full, the whole scripture. Isaiah 46 and 4. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. How faithful is God? My goodness. Yes. Even to your old age, I am he. Even to gray hairs. I mean, he's saying, people, I'm talking about physically old. I'm talking about physically old. I will carry you. He says, he said, I will, I will sustain you. I will carry you. In another version, it says, I will sustain you. Right? And I will rescue you. He will rescue, he will sustain you, he will sustain you. See, so, so many people go, oh, when they get older, you know, that's when everything falls apart. And you've heard that statement too. That's such a lie. Such a lie from the pit of hell, such a lie. Don't come into agreement with that. No matter what you feel like, even me, you may not feel great. You don't come into agreement with the lie because then you glorify the liar. No, you actually come into agreement with the word. No, even into my old age, he's going to sustain me, he's going to carry me. Even into my old age, even into gray hair. Right? That's what the word just said. He's going to sustain you. That's a promise. You should look that scripture up in different versions, Isaiah 46 and 4. And look it up into, in different versions because you'll have different wording. And those, the wording will, will paint such a full picture of the promise of God. Amen. And last scripture, Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, right, will, will perfect it, will complete it until the day of Jesus, right. But to complete and to perfect also means carry it. <laughs> Think about that. See, just already like, wait, oh, because you never thought of that scripture in this way. Because he's going to complete it. He's going to perfect it. Yes, he is going to carry it on too until the day of perfection, the day of Jesus. He, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you is going to carry. He's going to carry you. He's going to carry that work in you until the day of Jesus. So Mary carried Jesus. She Mary, she Mary carried the king of kings. She literally carried, she, in her womb, she carried the king. We also carry the spirit of God, the resurrection power. But how beautiful it is to know that he also carries us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You do. You carry us, God. We thank you, Lord God. We get to carry you, but you carry us in the, in the best of ways, Lord God. Lord, whenever we're weak, we know that we are actually not. We are actually 
we, we exchange our weakness for your strength. So now it's like it's God's strength that we go on. It's your strength. It's your vision. It's your provision that we go on. So we bless you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. All of God's children said amen.